Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Isaac Lamb, drummer for the band Kublacon TX. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? Today I'm joined by Isaac. He plays drums in the band Kublacon TX. Isaac, how are you doing this morning? Good. Doing really good. How are you? I'm great. I'm super happy to be talking with you. Kublacon has been a band that I have really, really liked and followed for like 10 years. So yeah. I'm super, super happy that that we've been able to uh, to set this up this morning before y'all hit that tour. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... Uh... We've got a lot going on. We just got home recently. We're all busy and yeah, going back out. So trying to jam as much stuff in as we can. And you just recently got married. Yeah, I got married in, what was it? January, I guess. So congrats um, on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I got married, just moved into a new house uh, a week ago. That was a whole thing, but yeah. Nice. Oh, I mean, staying busy means that, uh, I guess time flies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's no, my break, my breaks between tour just kind of disappear. Like, yeah. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about coffee. Speaking of time flying. Um, what are you drinking over there? Oh, this is, this is not my regular. This is my, uh, store-bought whatever i don't even know what it is you know it's i go i wake up in the morning just i'm at my parents and mm-hmm. i wake up and just fill up from the the gallon <laughs> pot that they have made in the morning um, this isn't my regular routine but it does the trick for me so it's a beautiful mug though yeah they got a lot of good ones but yeah at home at home normally uh kind of it's kind of fun because my wife she also tours and she'll just buy me coffee from whatever coffee shop she goes to. And so, you know, she'll like, I've always just got a cabinet full of coffees from all over the world, just nice. little coffee roasters and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always drinking something new. It's, it's super exciting. How do you brew? Uh, usually pour over. I've got a, I've got a basically everything every way to make coffee. Yeah. Every way you can make coffee. Uh, I've got it at my house, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just, I've got a really nice grinder. Um, pour over is my regular, just make a cup and a half every day. Yeah. Good to go. That's what for podcasting I've started doing like the 300 grams to, I mean, 500 grams to, uh, three 30 mil, like 30 grams of coffee. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my, uh, that's what I do. Yeah. Yep. It's a nice, it's like, I've got some big mugs and it's one big mug or like one and a half small mugs. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how obsessive you are because it sounds like you are similar to me. I have to have a setup at work as well, like at my office. Cause that's the only bad thing is my work. I can't like I, I pour overs are so inconvenient to make when you're on tour. Cause you need mm-hmm. so many little things and like specific water you know like hot water that you can't get at a gas station and Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's something i just can't do on tour so 
Well, this is a, I think that this would be a good one because I haven't talked to somebody that seems to be as like brew happy as you are on tour. So yeah, what is your, do you have a method that you do like AeroPress or something like that? On tour, I'm just, I'm just a pilot, extra large oh, no. coffee every day. It's, it's not the best, but I can't, it's too much to clean up. Anything else is just too much work to clean up. And then I've got a really nice like little hand grinder that I could bring and do an AeroPress. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I'll take that. Maybe I'll take that with me next time and try it. It's because I would love, would love like a full setup, you know, mm -hmm. but it just, we have limited space in the van and the cleanup's a, a pain and I could, I could keep it in a Pelican and take it into the venue every day, but that's a whole, that's uh, too much work. I'll just, there's always a coffee shop within walking distance. So it's just easier to do that. That's it. I mean, that's like the major trade-off I think is if you're making your own coffee, then it means that you don't get to try any of the coffees. That's also true. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. That is a fun thing. Cause every, every day there's a group walking, you know, a, a group from the tour package walking to a coffee shop multiple times. So there, you know, it's a good chance to hang out with new people and mm -hmm. go, go see some, uh, you know, the city and drink some new coffee. Which, so it's going to be great because you guys are about to head out with Koyo. Um, yeah. And yeah. Harold is like a huge coffee. Actually, I, I think everyone know. in Koyo is, but Harold is like. Well, we, we just did a tour with Koyo and he's, he broke his leg. No. Like, like really, really bad. And On so I actually, yeah. Yeah. Joey, Joey jumped up on stage and landed Harold's ankle was like this and he landed straight down like on stage of this happened, like snapped his ankle. Um, and he like tried to tough it out for a few days and then he ended up having to go home, like with a couple weeks left in the tour. Damn. And as far as I know, he wasn't going to be back for this cause he had to get some like pretty serious surgery. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, it, it was, a it huge, was crazy. That's a huge bummer, man. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I've been waiting but, to I've been waiting to hang out with Harold for like I don't know, he was like almost a year ago we talked. So I've been waiting for Koyo to come through and that's that's I really hope that it works out, but man, well that if, sucks. if he can do it, he will. Because yeah. he played he played a few shows in a wheelchair. Like where they set his gear up for him and he stood up with one crutch and played did all his foot pedals still did singing like he he was like he was struggling through it but he was doing it so if if there's a way he can make it work i know he will it's like the truest long island perseverance yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh so so you're in nashville usually that's where you live yeah i live in nashville i've been there just for a couple of years it's still pretty new uh but like I said, my wife and I both, you know, she also tours and mm -hmm. we just got, you know, being in this world, like all of our friends are in music yeah. and so many of them live in Nashville. Like mm -hmm. all the merch people live in Nashville. I've got a lot of drummer friends who play for country now that live in Nashville, like, and then just all the regular Nashville guys who were born there, you know, yeah. like I've, it's, and it's a cool, it's a cool city. Have you connected with, uh, I guess you've connected with the chamber boys as well. Yeah, they're like some dudes I hang out with Chamber a lot, hang out with Orthodox a lot. Nice, yeah. Um they're two of the like regular 
guys I see, you know, every time I go out, I see them there. So shout out Adam, shout out, uh, yeah. shout out Tay Tay. Yeah. Also, also all coffee people. So I know that's when they come on, they, they've been on before and it's like, I think 30 minutes of just straight coffee yeah. like, spewing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they love it. You have a, a <laughs> local shop shout out. Oh, let me think. My favorite shop in Nashville is Tempo. Okay. Um, it's it's not like a cool aesthetic. It's not a super cool coffee shop, but they have my favorite coffee that I've had in Nashville, and they also have really really good food. Mm. So that's my yeah. That's that's where I'm going if if I've got some free time in the morning. Nice. I haven't been to Tempo. Uh, I haven't even heard the name, but I'll check it out. It's sure. it's like a tiny little spot in a little strip mall, like on sort of the south almost the south side like but it's it's perfect that's cool i i have a yeah. lot of friends in nashville as well even not in hardcore but in the metal side like the entheos yeah. the guys from entheos just moved out there i ran into naveen the other day um i had no idea he lived there or like i didn't know where he was from mm-hmm. i just know you know i just see his drum videos online because yeah. he's he's so good uh and then yeah i was at a show um, I was at that Alpha Wolf show. Oh, nice! And yeah, I ran into Pablo from Chelsea Grin. I always forget he lives in Nashville too. I didn't know that. Because um, yeah, he's playing. He's playing for a country guy now, and me and him are real close. And so I was hanging out with him. Got introduced to Naveen. Got introduced to a couple other drummers who were like metal turned country. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. That's that's what I like about Nashville. Is you know, I didn't expect to see anybody there, and I ran into like a dozen people that I know. It's just everyone from the the past like twenty years in the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good it's a good spot for that. Though mm-hmm. that's why people move there. Is if you if you work in music, like there's a lot more opportunities there. There's a lot of just a lot of friends there. A lot of stuff to do. So it's central to like the country as well. So it's easy to kind of get. Yeah. It, so yeah, Plus, it, yeah, it's like living in the Midwest without living in the Midwest. You know, there's still good food. Uh, yeah, no, same thing. And yeah, Nashville's full of good food and like, yeah, there's, there's always events and stuff going on. It's a big, big, a small, big major city, you know? It is a small, it's got a small city feel, but it's huge actually. It's pretty great. There's so many people there because everybody move. everybody's mm-hmm. moving there. You know, I'm part of the problem, but the locals <laughs> hate him, but. That's great. Uh, let's talk about Bruce Lang. Okay. It's a bit overdue. Uh, yeah. It came out like two years ago with Absolute. But yeah. as soon as you guys released I think, it. I think we did a like a, another batch of it pretty recently, like within the last six months. Um, okay. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it's good. So so <clears throat> who roasted it and were you guys picking out flavors? What was, uh, how, how did that happen? Um, You know, I can't, I can't remember the roasters right now. We went through like three different people. Okay. Because the first people sent us some samples and they were just awful. <laughs> um, yeah, me, me and Nolan are the only coffee drinkers, so they they were just not good. I could not make a good cup of coffee, and they sent us like three different varieties. Um, there was a second person who sent us, I think, one variety that we just also weren't into. Um. And then, yeah, so we ended up with the third one. He sent us like four varieties and this is the one we landed on. Uh, and yeah, I just, I thought it was 
really nice coffee. We went through, you know, a dozen different names, all sort of pun related to our band and song names and stuff. Yes. And that's where we ended up in it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a, it's a fun thing that we got to do because we can kind of print wacky merch and get away with it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Yeah. Because uh, Kublahan Kublahan is associated, I think, with like pretty fucking hard music and like, you know, yeah. the lyric, like everything is just pretty hard, I would say. Um, so like coming out with some of the merch, that Bruce Lang stuff, I was like, this is the one of the greatest merch runs I've ever seen. Because it's like, oh, yo, they actually are not the scariest band in the world. Like, <laughs> We're just chilling, dudes. Like, we're super chill, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty funny because I think the surround, like, when you talk to people, they're like, oh, yeah, Kublacan's so violent. Or, like, Kublacan is so hard. I'm like, but did you try their coffee? Because it's pretty good. Yeah, dude. It's a nice, a nice roast. Yeah. So were you, yeah, now, you and Nolan were the guys basically being like trash, garbage, and then when you found it, found one. Yeah, basically me, Nolan, and then Eric would get sent a bag and his, his uh, Sam, his now wife, he also got married, and roommate are coffee people. So they would be his testers for him. Nice. So us four were coordinating on what was good and what wasn't. But, That's awesome. I, I haven't been able to get my hands on it because everything, when y'all released it, it was kind of hard to get anything to Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it was at a bad time for that. And I tried to send some to my brother because he's in Ohio, but uh, I would not have gotten to get it in time. So I was kind of bummed. I'll try, and, I'll try and figure it out. It seemed like it's it's doing well. We only print like, you know, batches of 50 or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a really small thing, but... It's real easy to do more, so I might I might do some more. If you ever if you ever re up the order, just send me a message and I'll uh, okay I'll, I'll, I'll yeah get I'll some. do that okay. Hell yeah! Also, I loved the mugs. the The glass mugs were like perfect. They were cool. It was sick. yeah. They were really they turned out really cool. Yeah, we um, went through a bunch of those too. We had like four <laughs> different samples before we ended on that one. Was why why the decision to go with glass? Uh, it was just sort of an interesting thing that we could do. We printed uh, some regular, you know, ceramic ones. They're just kind of boring. You know, you yeah. can get those everywhere. So this was just a little more exciting to yeah. do a glass mug. It definitely but, stands out, like, I think among all of the uh, the coffee apparel or stuff that you would usually yeah. find. Yeah. So super cool. Um, that's awesome. I know that you guys released it for Absolute, which is so weird that it's been out for two years already. Yeah. It feels like it just came out because everybody's still bumping yeah. those songs. So Well, it was, we did it, we released it, and then I think we did one tour on it, maybe two, and then, you know, yeah, COVID happened. So we just didn't really get the chance to, like, tour on it because we would have, we would have done, you know, two straight years of touring <laughs> before we released anything else. Um. Yeah, I remember watching some of the the first show. I think the first show back that I saw a video from was the one at the Sanctuary in Michigan. Yeah, with I it was the tour with I am. Yeah, I am in Chamber. I don't know if they were at that show. They had to drop off because they got COVID on the yeah, <laughs> you Chamber, know in the Chamber was there, but yeah, they, that was yeah a, was a huge bummer too. But yeah. yeah, seeing the seeing all the videos from that show is like. This it was is, crazy. This is yeah. crazy. Because we were we were basically like 
you know, one of the first tours to start playing shows again. Um, and we did it just cause we were sick of being at home mm-hmm. and, you know, we wanted to get back as soon as we possibly could. Uh, and yeah, every, every single day was like that. Every single day of that whole tour was like that. It was crazy because everybody's just sick of being cooped up. And so they were coming out to the show and having a good time. It was awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I talked with Brandon from I am, and he was telling me mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that Matt and, uh, I can't remember vocalist from I am would they just be lifting weights like outside Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew they'd just be lifting weights the whole time like outside pretty much yeah pretty much every day they were like just where you know we get to the venue and they set up their gym and That's we so set funny. up the venue and the show <laughs> That's great everybody's just happy to be back on the road right <laughs> Oh yeah yeah That's awesome Brandon did you see did you see Brandon's kit did you see that new kit he got with the yeah. diamond plate no, it's not in the videos. It's not like in the oh. uh, in the new videos. I don't think. No, it's. Oh, I don't know if it is or not. But he just got a new kit and the whole thing, like a double kit kit that's all diamond plate. Did he go it's Tama so, as well? Uh, I actually don't know what kind of kit that is. He bought it from like somebody in Houston, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's like an it's like an old kit. Okay. As far as I as far as I know, but it's it's perfect for that band. Because I know so, that he he was playing on like an art star, um, yeah, for a bit, which was cool, yeah. Because that's like the classic like death metal <clears> drum <throat> kit mm-hmm. with the two toms and then the two kicks and like one floor tom. Was, I think that's yeah, also what what uh, homie from uh, Gate Creeper plays as well. Oh, okay, yeah. They both set up really like traditional death metal kit. Yeah. Like, I I love it. I love that kind of stuff. It's kind of, I love how cheesy, but great it is because it sounds awesome, yeah. but it, it yeah. looks like, oh, come on, like really? And then you hear him play, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah you should be playing this kit. Yeah. It's yeah. Like 20 symbols. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Super high crashes, like the big yeah. mega bell. Yeah. The, I, I, I'm, I'm there for the mega bell. I live for that shit. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah, same. It sounds like a piece of just hard steel when you hit it. It's great. It's so it it's it hurts to hit. Like you have to hit it so hard to get any tone out of it. Like it's it's a good symbol though. But if you're blasting, man, you can just let that stick bounce. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're only using the bell, it's you can't beat it. Except for some like, you know, old I've got a buddy who uses like an old Pisces ride that mm-hmm. I think probably beats a mega bell for that, but there's a few symbols out there that I like better, but as far as your standard, the Mega Bell's it. It's yeah. the ride. I've I've been trying to find a good power belt ride for like a decent price. I don't want to pay yeah. eight hundred dollars yeah. for it. So yeah, everything. Yeah. But, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, the power bell is where where I'm sitting. Um, speaking of drum gear, what was your first kit? Uh. My first kit was a Yamaha Stage Custom. Oh, nice! That's actually pretty good. <clears throat> which, is, which is, yeah, I still, I still have a lot of respect for that kit. Um, it was my brother's. He got a drum kit and didn't learn to play drums, and so when I wanted to learn, it was there. Um, I've had, yeah, I've had a bunch of kits, but that was my first one, and I played that for a long time. I toured on it a little bit. Um, at one point, I traded. I, I had a I had a Mapex kit, like a seven piece Mapex kit. That was my next one. Cause I was into I was into like prog metal mm-hmm. when I was in middle school and high school. 
So I was like, I need all the toms. I need two kicks. Like I have to have a big kit that, you know? Um, so yeah, I had like a seven piece Mapex kit that I think I played one show with a bunch of toms and I was like, I can't do this. Like then I went down to two. Um, yeah. And then after that, I, I had a, a 6505 plus or no, I had a neighbor who was getting rid of a kit, mm-hmm. a Pearl export, just okay. to, you know, super cheap. And I had refinished it. Um, I toured on that for a while. And then I traded that for a 6505 plus so that nice. no one could run two heads. Um, and then I think from there, that's where I got my star classic. That, and that's what I've been on for like 10 years. So yeah, uh, drums are, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not a gear guy. I don't want all the gear. I just want the right gear and then I'll right. never change it. So are you on a star classic maple? I'm on a star classic Bubinga. Okay. The birch, which is no, a full Bubinga. It's just Bubinga. Yeah. And that's why I haven't changed it. It's, it's a kit that will never be made again. Like I can't find it. You can't, it's always going to be like one of the last Bubinga kits. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that is why I'm still on it. Like I'll, I'll probably never get rid of that kit just because I'll never be able to find it again. If I do, I would be terrified um, to tour with it. I, I shouldn't be. Yeah, I sh- <laughs> I definitely shouldn't be, but the shell, the shells are still in good condition. The hardware is all like corroded. It's a mess, but the shells are still really, really nice. Like, and it's, it's, I don't know. I haven't played a better kit, like as far as holding its tune and just like tone especially in the studio it sounds so good like under some mics i do love that so you're using that kit usually with randy in the studio yeah yeah a well, lot of drummers don't every, yet. every time is different every okay. time i use different drums when we record but my favorite tones i've gotten was on absolute that kick on absolute yes that's that's my bubinga kick so yeah what is the snare that you're using on Absolute? Because it's completely different than the past like releases. Yeah, so Absolute, I used the Bell Brass. Okay. Um, I used the Bell Brass that the studio has. Um, but in like a lower I, tuning, I, I guess was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a, in a lot lower tuning, um, and I like it, but that snare is crazy because you can make it sound however you want. That's why everybody uses it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and it holds its tuning. You know, the thing weighs a hundred pounds, so yeah. you can hit it as hard as you want. It, the the lugs won't move the, you know, it just stay, it holds its tuning so well. And then on the, the new EP, I used like a Ludwig, a Ludwig 14 by like five, like a real shallow. It might've been a four and a half. Like it was a real, you know, almost a piccolo snare. And it, I loved it. I, I did all the pre-pro with it. I was just jamming on it and I really liked it. I like that. Um, like that twang you get from a real shallow snare. Yeah. But I was having a lot of trouble when we were tracking cause it just wouldn't hold, it wouldn't hold its tuning. So if you listen close enough, you can hear the, the pitch dropping throughout songs and stuff. Like I was just having a lot of trouble keeping it where it needs to be, but I, I like it. You know, I like the tone when I was jamming on it. So. I don't know. Every every time we go to the studio and we're writing and doing pre-pro, I just kind of set up a kick with whatever drums are in the room that I want to play on that day. And then before we actually track, I sort of 
you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll switch them out while we're jamming and find, mm -hmm. find a setup. I like, um, I think the EP I recorded on a 24 inch kick, That's like nice. a 24 by 14. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a, a Pearl maybe. I don't even remember what it was, but also us living so far away. Sometimes we have our gear at the studio and sometimes we don't. Right. So yeah. that's, I would have used my kit again cause I loved it, but, um, don't always get the option. It's just easier to fly from, uh, from yeah. wherever well, you are we're, in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Wherever the van and trailer is. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's in Oklahoma. Sometimes it's Nashville. Mm. Sometimes it's New Jersey. I don't know. So I, I know that you've played, uh, you usually play with one floor, Tom, it's like kick yes. floor, Tom snare. Mm -hmm. what was the reason for for doing that because i feel like it it a lot of the sound for kublacon in terms of like the drums and percussion it it the reason it sounds the way it does is because you only use one tom yeah um i i don't i don't really know maybe i don't remember but in my old band before i before kublacon i had done it uh, just one floor tom i i just thought it would be cool i thought i could get away with it um i like just sort of the less is more the minimalist setup um, like i said i come from a prog right. start when i started playing drums that's what i was learning and so i think i've just sort of sunk into this appreciation for uh just a small little drum kit and i'm always trying to get rid of more you know i wish yeah. i could drop my china i wish i could drop my second kick i'm really close to both those but i just can't do it um and yeah one day i remember just we had some shows coming up and i just you know i was like i bet i could do it for kublicon and so i spent a week out in the garage jamming you know working through the parts on just the floor tom and i could get away with it and i just i played a show like that and i just loved it you know it's just like felt so good to not have that rack tom. Um, and then especially when we're writing, if I have that rack tom, I will end up, I don't have as much time writing as I want, like nobody does, but I think I'll end up doing really boring fills. You know, the easy to fills like, you know, like left tom, 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 like yeah. those kind of fills just because they're available to me. And so, losing the rack tom forces me to think about new things right um at least it did in the beginning now it's just i can't play with the rack tom now but <laughs> in the beginning it you know it forced me to think differently about how i was writing and playing um and it's something i needed to develop my style um and yeah now it's just i can't i can't do anything else it's if i'm ever jamming at home or playing with you know other groups just jamming like that's always how i want to set up but yeah. So even on the first like like color codes and the EP and all that. So the first EP was uh Youth War was yeah. was two two toms. For some of those songs, I had a second China on the left. Wow. Um yeah, it was long we were a metal a metal band back then. That was like Deathcore era. <laughs> yeah, we were a little a little different then. But <laughs> um and then yeah, for balancing, that's when I dropped it. Mm-hmm um new strength i dropped it on nomad i actually added it back because after writing two albums without it <clears throat> i wanted to write more uh like sort of do more tom stuff in yeah. the songs like breaks with tom stuff um 
and so I added it back for that. And it, it helped me write a bunch of, you know, cool parts and sort of expand my library of stuff. But then listening back, I did a bunch of those stupid fills, those yeah. cliche fills that I, you know, that's what I'm talking about. I, I ended up with a bunch of those and I didn't even realize it till the, till after it was already put out. And so I never, I never toured with two. I just wrote the record with it just cause I wanted that. I wanted that second voice for certain things. Um, but yeah, that doing that album with you helped me expand back into, you know, I can use like Tom stuff as sort of a, a whole section or a whole part. Cause I wasn't doing that on new strength and I think it, it hurts for it when all you hear is symbols yeah. all the time, you know, there's no dynamic in the song. So I think that, I don't know, everything's always changing, but. I just, I love the, the idea of it not having that, that rack Tom brings like a new level of groove. It forces you to create more yeah. of like a groove and not so much like overcompensate yeah. because playing in like metalcore or, or hardcore, a lot of people I feel like rely on those fills and stuff and it doesn't, well, yeah, it doesn't I, foster creativity so much. So I also don't do, you know, I'm not doing crazy fills. I'm not doing long four bar fills ever. Right. Like it's just not, not really my style. Um, and it's a lot easier to stick in that lane when I've got less stuff to, to just run through, mm -hmm. you know, like I can't, I, I don't, I could do them. I just don't really enjoy them. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's just about the groove. And my job is to take the, the mood of the song to the next section. I'm not, I'm not trying to show off. I'm not trying to do anything. I just want to get you, the listener from this riff to that riff, right. you know? So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love the idea of playing to the song and not just being like, oh, I have this cool idea, so I want to stick it into the song somehow. So. Yeah, I mean, there's part there's parts for that. Like, I do have I do have spots where I want to just rip it. Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't, I haven't <laughs> had the chance in a couple albums, but you know, there's 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 like one spot on new strength and one spot on balancing where mm -hmm. I can just kind of do a do a lot, and I always like those sections, but. They just haven't haven't made it, you know. We just, just the way the writing has gone, yeah, hasn't come up. So, well, I, I love like one of the main things I love about Kublacon is that that groove. Like, I think that your drumming brings so much because it's a four piece. So it's you and the you and yeah. Eric on bass are carrying a lot of that like rhythm mm -hmm. and groove, and then you know no one lays all his shit on top of it especially in like the the absolute stuff going more melodic in some parts was really really cool to hear yeah. you guys kind of bring the foundation of the song and then you know no one's just kind of doing some cool more melodic yeah. stuff so yeah uh, and lower lower form of animal is like i it's, it's almost like absolute but it went to like uh, like a 10 or 11 it's fucking crazy so, yeah we were we were trying to sort of keep the same vibe from Absolute because it was so close. Mm -hmm. You know, it got released so close together, and so we were initially thinking of it being sort of an extension of it. But by the time we finished writing, it was different enough that we could brand it its own thing. But yeah, it's our our writing is it's become a lot more refined. I mm -hmm. think we're just getting better at it. You know, we've been doing it for what four records with the same people now, so. Mm -hmm. We've just got a good we've got a good rhythm down for how we're gonna write a song. Well, I I love like everybody here in Montreal even is 
is just talking about how hard that EP is. So way to go. Fucking awesome. Thank uh, you. Awesome writing. I love like hearing Swan song and you have Matt and, and Scott's vocals, like they complement, but they contrast at the same time. And then like once the band slams in on that opening, it's like, Oh my God, this is going to be the scariest shit. And it is, but it's great. So yeah, that was a good, that was a good thing that worked out because yeah. that, that's all Matt's idea. He's, he always comes to the studio with like, he had half that song written in his head and he was like, somebody else is going to do this line. I just don't know. You know, I, I think I know who I just need to talk to him. So that's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see that live. I know that Scott Vogel is not going to be there, but it's, it's been a lot of fun live. It's been a lot of fun to play live because you know, we're getting a lot of crowd interaction and participation for that part. So yes, it's always good. You can just do one line and then crowd one line crowd. Yeah. You, you probably could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. I'm super stoked uh, to hear those songs live. I know you guys are leaving like in a couple of days with stick to your guns. That tour is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Kublacon since 2012 live so oh, wow yeah that was a long time back it was in uh when i was living in birmingham yeah we probably were awful then wait no, we, it was with the leaders. In birmingham, it was so... with leaders if you oh, remember that band. okay yeah i remember that band we still see lads every now and then so it was cool uh i think that was the first time i saw you guys and then i saw y'all again some other time in atlanta at like the seven venue or something so you're yeah you've been old back in the back in the day like oh yeah no that's that's when i I was in college yeah (laughs) yeah man that's fun now i remember hearing a story one time it was when youth code had been released and you know atlanta is always notorious for or it used to be for having a bit of bad eggs in that scene um and you guys ripped into color code and somebody took his shirt off and had a like a white power or something tattoo oh no and like took his shirt off during (laughs) color code and uh he got jumped so yeah that that happens uh pretty regularly i mean they're not welcome in this world you know so which is great because montreal is is a huge um like antifa here is huge but then like just okay the the idea of not letting racist or fascist into the scene is also a big idea even outside of antifa so it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty nice uh thing that happens you know you're just <laughs> you're not welcome and we'll make sure that you aren't here yes good uh, it's and a good make thing. sure that you don't feel like this is your space <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah i don't remember that specific instance but i could you know that's happened a handful of times just yeah throughout the years like at every every tour like yeah it sucks but it's gotta happen i know and it's i mean i love i love like because you know you guys do say a lot in your songs um Mm -hmm. so it's really it's really cool that like once somebody shows up and they're like trying to be a tough guy everybody's like yeah dude he's like singing about like the opposite of what you're about so you may want to get out of here (laughs) yeah so well, that's awesome. Uh, I loved the drum talk. Um, I, I just 
like I don't get a lot of drummers. I get a lot of like guitarists and vocalists. So. Okay. And plus, I play a Star Classic, but I play a Star Classic Maple. Perfect kit. Right. I yeah. really, I really just, I'm very, very impressed by all the Star Classics. They're just, they're so nice. They have the best finishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Big um, fan of all those. Unless you get one in a finish they don't make anymore, and then you're trying to find a 14. You can go to them directly and have it made, but it's really expensive. I don't want to pay 1500 bucks to have... For one drum? For, for yeah. a 14-inch tom. I'll just get like a one of those weird snoms and use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Or just get another snare. Turn the snares off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a, a thick head on the top. The yeah. Lar- the Larnell Lewis uh, special. I see. Yeah, I see a lot of guys doing that now. Like, uh, I always think it's kind of cool. Or like a real, you know, you do a big fat snare. Like, mm-hmm. they'll do it. Yeah, on I like marching. that. I've, I've seen. Uh, do you know who R. David R. Yeah. is? He rebuilt. Uh, a, yeah. 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 So he made this snare. Oh, like a marching snare into like yeah, a big a low tom with some loose snares on it. Because it was a fourteen by ten. Yeah. And so he put legs on it and refinished it, rewrapped it, and made it into a snom. Actually, for Larnell Lewis, um, who plays for Snoopy oh, Puppy, if you don't, if yeah. people listening don't know who Larnell Lewis is, yeah, if you want to branch amazing. out of heavy music, go yeah. listen to Snarky Puppy because that's like fucking sick as shit. That's like where I spend my time. Is I I like I love just like watching and following drummers and mm-hmm. seeing what they're up to. Uh, and so I follow a lot of those kind of guys and like even just like internet drummers who mm-hmm. just are you know groove drummers and like. I yeah I love I love it. I get a lot of inspiration just from watching all that stuff. I'm I'm really not into metal drumming. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's pretty boring for the most part. Um, and so yeah, I spend all my time like watching those kind of guys because they yeah. just they're so good. They're they're so good in a way that like a metal drummer could is not. You know, it's just polar opposites. I see good drummers every day on tour. You know, I yeah. watch them every day on tour. So when I'm off tour, I spend all my time watching these guys. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like uh JD Beck and Domi came through for yeah. um for jazz festival and my friend didn't tell me they were coming through and he went and I almost canceled okay. my friendship because I was like how Because you, you wanted to watch him. How dare yeah. you go see JD Beck and not tell me that you're yeah. going? I'm looking at you, Max, because he listens I to feel like, I'm gonna... I feel like that would be a fun one to go see. Like I would like to just sit and watch him for mm-hmm. you know a while. But I love the Zildjian stuff that they like because they did the showcase with jd beck and it was instead of yeah. domi featuring jd beck it was jd beck featuring domi featuring domi that's funny yeah and nice touch dennis chambers did one not too long ago which that one was mm-hmm. really great um yeah he's been doing stuff with drumeo too which dennis chambers is like yeah like another just legend yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah. I, i'm like you i i if I, I can't sit there and watch like metal drumming it's too it's too fast <laughs> It's, it's about, yeah. Well, a lot of those, a lot of it is how, how fast and technical can you play? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, if you listen to my band, you know, I'm the opposite. Like yeah. I'm about playing slow and like a little bit sloppy. Like I like, you get more groove if you're just a little bit looser. Um, Cause yeah, if you're, if you're right on the beat, like you, you lose that, yeah that, that real, that realness and the vibe that you can create by just being like, I play it how I play it and like you it's unmistakable that it's me doing it, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not perfect, which right. I like that. I, I really like that. Yeah. When, when you bring feel into the mix and kind of make yeah. that. Yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah. So 
that's why i like hardcore <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i i i totally agree i i I'm, i love nerding out even though i'm not even that much of a gearhead too but it's like i like you the can tones. still appreciate like it though tones, you know yeah man yeah you can you can appreciate some nice gear um well i i i did like to know about your hobbies um we can talk about that a little bit too outside of I, touring nonstop for years outside of touring yeah i really i'm a homebody okay um i really just kind of i do my thing at home i'm i'm i spend so much of my time working on my home um i love fixing things building mm-hmm. things like so i do i do a lot of woodworking when okay. i'm at home um i had a shop and since i moved now i don't i'm working on it um i have to like I have to do some excavation and put up a building so I can have like a proper shop. Um, but that's what I'm working on after this store. So yeah, I build a lot of stuff. I do woodworking. Um, I'm always fixing. St- I'm an amateur plumber, an amateur electrician. Like I, I'm always, you know, I live in an old house, so I'm mm-hmm. always fixing stuff and I have to learn how to fix it myself. Um, and yeah, and my dogs, I've got two dogs that I just kind of, spend all my time with them. I take them to the park every day and, um, that's kind of it. I really, you know, I used to be a gamer. I'm not anymore. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Like I'm an, I'm an ex gamer, uh, ex gamer. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I kind of grew out of it when I got busy with taking care of my house. I think that's really (laughs) when it changed. It's full-time job, just fixing stuff on an old house, but and I'm, you know, also like, I'm always trying to improve it. Like I want to mm-hmm. like in the next year, I'm going to rebuild my entire kitchen, you know, and I'm going to build cat. I'm going to build all the cabinets. So it's, it's a big job and like redo the floor, you know, I've got wood paneling everywhere that I have to deal with and protect. So, oh wow. is it like the yeah. real, it's not like the, the, the nasty, no. it's like real wood paneling. I've got one room that's all knotty pine, Ooh. uh, like, you know, vertical knotty pine in I've got another room that's like uh, all like inch thick cedar paneling on the walls. God, It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So it, everything I do, I'm like trying to protect this wood paneling because it's, it's beautiful and I can't ever replace it. So when was the house built? Uh, 1959. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like a craftsman style? Uh, not, not quite. Those don't really the way Nashville works is every single house in Nashville was built in the fifties. So they're all the same house for the most part. You know, they, they're all like one of three models Mm -hmm. of the 1500 square foot or the 700 square foot. Um, And yeah, it looks like they just put them all up and then everybody since then has converted their garage or added a room. And Mm -hmm. so every house is a little different, but they're the same base. Um, I wish I had an old craftsman or something like one of those kind of houses. I love those. They just, they kind of don't exist in Nashville or they're really hard to find. That's super. I, I didn't realize like the history, I guess Nashville's <clears throat> development came a bit after cause I'm from Savannah. So Savannah's got like, Oh yeah. 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 You got houses going back to like 1760s. <laughs> oh up. man. I I'm sure there's some of those like farther out or like, you know, some big old houses, but 
for the most part, everything in like the ring around the city mm. is it's all fifties houses. Yeah, fifties and like sense. early sixties. So I guess from like the industrial boom that was happening in that mm, time. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, that's fun. Yeah. I, I do feel I haven't bought a house uh because I live in downtown Montreal. There's not really any houses. Yeah. It's um, not an option. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> but I I I I'm at the age now where getting a house and like doing fixing on it. Like I even like little stuff here. I try to, to learn like what you're saying, amateur plumber and stuff. I haven't gone so far as to do that, but definitely like some electrical or stuff like that. And you always feel like I did that. Like I I learned. Oh, I I love it. I don't need anybody. (laughs) I didn't have to call an electrician and spend 600 bucks. Like, yeah, I, I love that. And like after this tour, my big plan is I'm buying a lawnmower and I'm yes. excited about it. You know, like <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in my life. Like, like mowing lawn, give me a beer. <laughs> yeah. Like wake up, have a coffee, take my dogs on a walk, mow the lawn. Like I'm, I'm pretty solid. I'm pretty set mm-hmm. off tour. Like I'm, I'm very happy just doing that on my, on my, you know, at my home on my own property. Like that's, I like it. I, I love it. Do you have a porch too? uh no actually my old house had a really nice porch this one doesn't but i could build one i've just got other stuff first so our our old house was like 750 square feet it's just way too small Mm -hmm. um for two people and two dogs you know two people who have a lot of at-home hobbies and two dogs so yeah we're in a bigger spot with an actual garage and yeah it's much better i can park the van there i couldn't really at my old house so (laughs) That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that once you start to get towards 30 or after 30, it's like you start feeling the adulting vibes, I get. that's I hate that I just said that, but like you start feeling more like, I think I want to go hang out at Home Depot for an hour and like look at what's yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. Like that's just what I enjoy. Like I, I love like just mowing my lawn. Yeah. Like I can just sit out there and just cruise around like, and then when you're done, you have this beautiful yard. You look at your neighbors and you're like, I'm the best house on the block, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what's, yeah. What's going on over there, Jeremy? What's up with that? Yeah. The yeah. grass is looking a little high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, and then, like I said, I've got a lot of friends in Nashville, so we're yeah. always, you know, hang, just hanging out with people. Go get a drink or go have some dinner. There's a lot of good food in Nashville, so. Yeah, last time I was yeah. there, I tried Hattie B's for the first time. And I know, yeah. like, don't come for yeah. me, but... It's, okay okay like i know it's yeah not i was like, like you better be careful saying that i know yeah. it's not the best but it's the hot chicken it's what was it's there. still good yeah it's still good yeah no i like it yeah hot chicken is the shit and there's good barbecue too but i know that you a lot you're of good from, barbecue you're from the texas area so i've had good barbecue my whole life yeah i'll, I'll be careful with talking about barbecue no i mean nashville's nashville's as good as anywhere for it so yeah well, cool. Uh, Isaac, this has been really fun. I do have yeah. one last question before we go. What's your favorite city for beans and breakdowns? Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> I'm going to go with Nashville because that's what I know the best. Mm-hmm. I know all the coffee shops in Nashville. Um, we always have really fun shows there. Um, usually we play the end. Yeah. It's just a, a classic venue. You know, kids go off. It's 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 my perfect venue. You know, there's no parking. There's no gear spot. There's a bad merch spot. It's hot. Doesn't sound great, but the layout is perfect for this type of show. Um, 
the roof is half yeah, falling I, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just one of those venues, you know. But that's those are the memories. When I think back to shows I went to, those are the venues that I like mm-hmm. idolize. Those are those are where I've seen the craziest shows. So I like to imagine that us playing there now will be a crazy show in the future. It will have been a crazy show in the future. You know, right. like every, everything's everything's dulling down, and the end is like this perfect little pocket where you can just do whatever you want. It's just kind of a you've got that interaction that you can't find at like a big a big box venue. You know, yeah. And then yeah, coffee tempo is my favorite coffee shop. Um, I really like Elegy. I really like Humphrey House, Humphrey Street, Humphrey House. Falcon's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good coffee shops in Nashville. Good spots to hang out. I know Crema's also like the classic. Oh, I haven't been there. They're they're like the classic like coffee spot in Nashville. Like okay, I think they also used to carry. I'm gonna get this wrong. They used to carry Sump. One of those shops used to carry Sump coffee. Yeah which is really yeah. good. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's somewhere in Nashville for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I haven't been, there's also dose. It's not my favorite spot in Nashville, but we go there a lot cause there's good food right next door. So have you been to golden barista parlor? The barista, barista parlor. Yeah. Barista parlor. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool spot. Just, they open up the big garage doors. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a few locations, but it's kind of a cool spot. I've got a bunch of friends who like to go there. Got some friends like, who used to work there and say bad things about it, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that I've heard the I've heard the the yeah. the shit surrounding it, but I just like yeah. the gulch. So, yeah, it's I mean, the, yeah, it's the the bougie nice area of of Nashville. Thanks to Third Man, I guess. <laughs> What's Third Man? Third Man is uh, Jack White's record shop there. Oh, okay. I haven't been there. You gotta hit yeah. it. You gotta hit over there. Okay. You can. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird place. Um, that area is cool though. So yeah. I don't, I'm the line, other though. side of Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You, you'll wait in line outside of third man and then <clears throat> you, but you can buy like, um, they have like a little booth where you can go in and record to vinyl. Like it's an old booth from like a hundred years ago. And like That's pe- pretty sick. collectors will buy it because it's a third man record technically. That's crazy. That's yeah. super cool. So there's like this weird cult yeah. around, but now they're known weird. For, now they're known for their pedals, I guess. Oh yeah. I have heard about that. Cause yeah, Nolan, my guitar, guitar player, he's, he's a gear nut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I heard about those last tour. He was talking about them. End has been using their, it's like an octave shift pedal that they're, yeah, they have the a guys, weird, the guys. From okay. Danger. Yeah. End does a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. End does a, they bunch, get of great, do a yeah. bunch of fun stuff. I just saw them a couple months ago or about a month ago. I broke my hand at the show. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Dang. Yeah. Matt, Matt was playing drums for him. Matt Guglielmo. Yes. I don't know. Incredible. I think so. Yeah. They're so good. It was but, like the, it was like the original, like Will was on guitar. Yeah. Jay's playing bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. We played it. We played a, a bunch of shows with them recently. Just, I, I don't know. I guess they played this hardcore and then they mm-hmm. played some other festival. And they we played always this just hardcore. And that's super weird. Yeah. Cause I associate yeah. them with being I don't know. like very metal or like death metal. It sucks. Metal. They played, they played like it really early mm-hmm. and we weren't even there yet. So we missed them. But also like I heard a lot of people miss them cause it was just such an early 
an early day, but yeah. they're great. I saw them with misery signals. Yeah. yeah. Which is also cl- classic. Yeah. Um, well, Isaac, thanks so much for hanging out, man. This has been like a lot of fun. I, yeah. uh, I love talking coffee, love talking drums. I love Kublacon. I'm here. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see you in about a week. Yeah, make sure you hit me up half. before that because I'm going to forget. So, No, we'll definitely do it. I live about 10 minutes from the venue, like walking. So cool. we'll do a coffee trek. I know. That would be cool. All the spots Super like, around that area. So, Well, that's that's a festival day, isn't it? No. That's a, so you're I thinking Quebec City. That's, yeah, okay. Quebec, Quebec City is like, it's called, oh, fuck. It's called Vole Macadam, I think. I don't speak yeah, French. Yeah, it's a, a well. word that I can't say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's all those tours are playing Montreal, like Knocked Loose Terrors coming through the week before. Um, okay. And then who else? There's another tour that's coming through that same. Is it Creeping Death? I don't know if Creeping Death is playing that um, festival. I don't but know. They're coming through on next Monday. Cool. Love Creeping Death. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But well, I'll, I guess I'll see you in a week or a week, like a week and a half so, or some shit like that. Yeah, that's that's great. I like that. Well, cool. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Take care. Bye, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Isaac for hanging out on the podcast. It was a lot of fun being able to talk with him. Be sure to check out Lower Form of Animal. It's out on all listening platforms. And be sure to catch them on tour with Koyo, Stick to Your Guns, Foreign Hands, and Belmont. It's an awesome tour. It was a lot of fun to see that show live. So check that out. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also find out more about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns or on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>